Oh, here we go. Are you here ready? We go. <laughs> <laughs> Our first official podcast. So, do you want to start off or do you want me to start off? You can, Sissy. I'm fine with that. Okay. So hello everyone. Today we want to welcome you to our new podcast, The Elder Girls. My name is Anna Ballinger and my sister Sarah Solis is also um, a part of this vlog and podcast and we have decided to share this podcast and vlog with you upon the recommendation and request of a number of friends of ours. And so we're excited to take this journey with you and to talk about some topics that you've brought to our attention as well, and then to share some topics that are close to our heart as well. So today we're going to just take some time. We're going to introduce ourselves to you, and we're going to tell you a little bit about our background, our education experience, what levels of education that we have, any certifications that we might have that you might find interesting and we are going to share with you a little bit of, about our passion for our different areas of ministry that we work in and a little bit about our history of growing up in ministry. So this podcast will probably be 20 to 25 minutes today, might be less, might be a little bit longer, but bear with us as we take this journey and learn how to do this. So we're excited to have you welcome us today. Hello. I'm Sarah. I'm the middle daughter <laughs> of the three elder girls. We have a wonderful sister in love that we just consider a part of our elder girls sisterhood. <laughs> and so here we are on a new journey. It's a little uncomfortable at first, but I think the more that we do this, the more comfortable we'll feel in this um, place of um, a new journey that we feel excited about starting. So, um, one of three girls, and I, as well as my siblings, are of course pastors, kids, the indubitable PK. <laughs> everybody, when I was growing up, PK was the term for everybody if you were a pastor's kid. So, we are pastor's kids um, by God's calling. And that is something that I'm very thankful that God allowed us to do is to be born and raised in a pastor's home. My parents were not originally pastors all of their life. They did grow up for the most part in the church, um, but God called them in 1967 to Hutchinson, Kansas, and they accepted the call, not readily at first, but after God kept tagging at their hearts, they accepted the call to go to Hutchinson and to pastor a small, very small home missions church. So I'm thankful that that happened. Um, Anna and I, at that time, were still a piece of the sky, <laughs> as everybody tells their children. At that time, we were not a part of the elder family. We were just a piece of the sky. <laughs> so true. Um, <laughs> but after mom and daddy had been there, uh, I was born in 1971 and right before I was born, I had an older brother, my oldest brother who has gone on to be with Jesus 
was um, 11 years old and he passed away in December, I believe two days before Christmas, Anna, is that right? Or two days after, after Christmas, Christmas, I think. I think it was I after, Christmas. after Christmas. Um, so he did pass away when I was still a baby, so I never got to meet him. Hopefully very soon I'll get to meet him in heaven. Of course, Jesus is the one I really want to meet, but I would always like to meet my brother, Jeffrey. So we grew up in a pastor's home. And Anna, interrupt me if you think I'm talking too much. No, this is good. This is great. Um, growing up in a pastor's home was something that our parents never portrayed to us as hard or terrible or a trial. And I'm so thankful that our parents were that way. I'm thankful that our parents taught us that it was a calling of God and that he had put a special touch in our lives. And I get a little teary eyed when I think about this because my parents were very balanced and God brought them a long way. Um, that's another story another day. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we'll get to have mama come on and tell that part of the story someday. That'd be awesome. Yes. But they brought us up to be very grateful, to be very thankful that we could be a part of God's kingdom in a preacher's home. And they taught us and trained us that we were not better than others, but they taught us that we did have a calling in our lives. And so we had things that we needed to fulfill in our lives that God had placed there as a special touch. And I'm so very thankful and grateful for that. Um, they taught us, we went to hard knock school. <laughs> they trained us from little, little tiny girls up and mama was so awesome. And daddy, daddy for the most part was in the church. So we really didn't get to do a lot of, I, I don't want to say a lot of things because daddy did wonderful things with us, but mama would take us to the church. And when it was time to clean the church, I remember even as a little three-year-old child, we would go. And at that time we lived in a parsonage right next to the church, an old beat up parsonage. That's a whole nother story to tell. Yes. But mama would say, guess what girls, we get to go to the church and clean. We get to clean the house of the Lord. And she would make things so fun. And I am so thankful that my mom was like that. She never portrayed it that it was hard. It was a trial. It was work. Oh, we have to go clean the church again. And I'm so thankful. Um, not only that, we got to be in the choir from when we were tiny girls. <laughs> we got to be in Sunday school from when we were did tiny we girls. Did we get to be in the choir or did we have to be in the choir? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how you want to think of it. I always enjoyed singing, so it was yes. fun for me. <laughs> Sometimes it was, it was a trial. <laughs> because sometimes here I am, a three-year-old falling asleep and my head's nodding and my mom's up on the organ playing and saying, no, you're flatting. Let's do that again. <laughs> so, yes, that was, um, it depended on how tired and how crabby I was as a kid. <laughs> and it depended, like, whether it was a have-to or a get-to, it depended on youth camp whether there were enough altos or some were missing. And then it was like, Anna, we need some altos. Sarah, we need some altos. Get up, Mike. <laughs> so true. Very true. <laughs> so anyway, we went to um, training school from the time we were born. And it was a good training school. I'm not going to lie and say that at all times we thought everything was hunky-dory and perfect because we didn't. But 
I'm thankful that my parents put inside of our hearts that this is God's calling in our lives. And we're going to do it with a cheerful heart. And we're going to do it as unto the Lord. Mom and dad taught us everything you do, do it as unto the Lord and he will bless you. And I'm right. so thankful that they taught yeah. us that instead of putting in us, oh, we have to go to choir practice. We have to go to church on Sunday. We have to do this. We have to do that. I'm so thankful they did not do that. I'm so very thankful, especially now as I'm getting older. Um, another thing that I remembered um, growing up in a pastor's home um, and just in the church, whether it was a pastor's home or not, I truly believe that my parents, God had done some things in their lives and really put an appreciation in their heart for what he had done. And so just being in the church, they were very grateful um, that God had done some wonderful things in their lives. My parents were so balanced and I thank God for that because I see in the world that we live in, there's so much imbalance and it's kind of scary when I look at young people and when I look at children and when I look even at adults now. And so I'm thankful my parents were balanced. Um, I was telling a couple girls just a couple weeks ago what was so cool about my dad was he raised Anna and I, and I'm sure probably Marcia too. She was just 10 years older than us, 10 years older than me. And so I'm sure that she was doing her thing too. I know because I heard some stories and we'll have to have Marcia tell you some of her stories. <laughs> I don't know but about that. <laughs> Dad taught us girls that we could do anything we wanted in a dress. And I, loved that so to true. me it made me feel so thankful to be apostolic and pentecostal and it wasn't like a it wasn't a pride thing it was just a thankfulness that i could still be an apostolic and i could still go water skiing in a dress yeah <laughs> he took us to the lake and we did all kinds of boat activities in a dress Anna and i went jet skiing in arkansas in a dress on the old style jet ski that you had to pull yourself up and stand up and lift the body up. <laughs> so we did everything in a dress. We snowboarded, we tubed, we sledded, we did it all in a dress and still do. And so I'm thankful for that as a, a godly young person and child growing up in the church. Um, Sarah, also, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you on that thought just for a quick question, for sure. a quick minute, not a question. But that is so funny that you bring that up because over the July 4th um, holiday, Daniel and I went to Lassen National Park up in Northern California, and we had set a goal to hike this trail. We didn't make our goal just yet because I had worn myself out hiking a trail prior to that. That was two miles that we had not planned on hiking. And then we went to hike this other trail that was almost two miles that we had planned on hiking, and I was already getting worn out because... I'm still working on getting back in shape. <laughs> yes, me and, um, too. We're, we're, me. we're at high altitudes and the air is thinner and everything else. But the funny part of it is we were, we were hiking on the second trail. And it was the trail I really wanted to go on the most because that's where the cool, um, they're called uh, uh, sulfur poles, I think. I think they're called, they're called another word. They're like the mud pots. And it's kind of like Yellowstone National Park where the water boils up and there's little geysers and things like that. And so that trail right. was leading to the really cool exhibit of that. So we're about a quarter of the way up the trail and I'm just getting worn out. I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> and this lady comes down and she's like, that trail's pretty intense. I went and tried it in a skirt. And 
I looked at Daniel and he was like, oh, my Lantis, she should have never said that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Instant challenge. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and the funny part is she wasn't even talking to me. She was talking to this lady of another ethnicity in front of us on the trail that was also in a skirt. It was part of her cultural dress. Right. But I just w happened to be standing there, so I got the overflow from it. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> if you think I shouldn't tackle that trail in a skirt. Here it goes. <laughs> it Watch me. <laughs> we didn't make it the whole way, but we will be going back, and we will make yeah. that trail. And I will do it in a skirt because I did the trail before that trail in a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Good times. Super good times. <laughs> Um, another thing I remember is being in home missions, my daddy got a burden for the lost, for souls and mama. And I remember them taking Anna and I, and I'm sure they probably had done this with Paul and Marcia. Like I said, again, Paul and Marcia were quite a bit older than Anna and I. Marcia was 10 years and Paul's eight years older than I. Um, but they would take us to Bible studies with them. And I would watch <laughs> as my daddy would take the search for truth Bible chart and they'd have their TV on and he'd pull a chair out and he'd put that search for truth Bible chart right in front of their TV. <laughs> and he never did it rudely. He never did it ugly. He did it in a very kind way. But as a child, I didn't know what he was doing, but he was diverting their attention from what was over here going on to the word of God and to these charts that was showing and opening the Bible to souls. And I thought that was the coolest thing as a child growing up. And yes, we would go into homes that would just be filthy sometimes, smoke ridden, all kinds of situations. But I am so glad that mom and dad took us with them as children. They were very protective of us. My father was very protective of us and my mama. Um, and they would make sure that we were in the same room with them at all times for safety precaution and for, you know, just making sure that they knew where we were at, what we were doing, who we were with. And I'm thankful that mom and daddy did that with us because they transferred their burden for lost souls to us Absolutely. by taking us with them to Bible studies. And another thing that they did was they got us involved in the church in every aspect that we could get involved in. They didn't make it like it was, oh, you've got too much going on. And I thank God for that. Sometimes we did have too much going on. Sometimes we would be exhausted as kids and young people. But I thank God because I didn't realize then, but Anna, we were in training for what God's using us for right it's now. It's so true. It's so and true. And it's just amazing to me how God put that in mom and daddy, two young kids born in very, very poor families and a whole nother story again. <laughs> but I thank God for that because they didn't know what they were doing. They were just doing the call of God. They were doing the will right. of God in their life and they didn't make us feel sorry for them or they didn't feel sorry for us they just said guess what we get to do we get to go teach another soul a bible study and tell them about jesus and i thank god for that i'm just so thankful i feel really thankful especially right now in this very scary 
fearful time that we're living in. And so God has been very good. Um, a couple other things I wanted to talk about is um, I started working. I volunteered from 14. I started volunteering at Hutchinson Hospital in Hutchinson, Kansas as a junior volunteer. They called us candy stripers back then. <laughs> and we, we wore red and white aprons that looked like peppermint sticks. <laughs> and they didn't really make us wear a nurse's cap, but we could if we chose to, which I didn't choose to wear a nurse's cap. But that was another aspect that I did not realize God was training me already to learn to have compassion on people. And so that was my work beginning and my work experience. I began working at 14 years old. I got my first official job at Brahms Ice Cream when I was 16 years old. <laughs> and I became the number one banana split maker and Sunday maker. <laughs> I could knock out a banana split and like, two minutes and it would be beautiful and dripping with chocolate marshmallow and ooh, that sounds good right now. <laughs> so true. And then, you know, I went on to work several other places as a teenager and God, God just was moving me and making me grow in different ways, not only um, physically and spiritually, but just learning to work with people. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, when I graduated from high school in 1989, I had started going to junior college. And at that point in time, you know how it is when you're a senior in high school, sometimes you just really don't know what you want to do in life. I loved music. So I started taking a lot of my gen eds and music classes. Um, and then about after I had been in college for a year and knocked out pretty much most of my gen eds, um, I I was unsure of what I really wanted to do and I didn't want to just waste time and money. So I opted out of college and went and worked as an assistant manager in a card and gift store for about two, almost three years. And when I was doing that, uh, I decided to go to Colorado. There's some things that had happened in my life and my parents had put the idea of going to Colorado for some healing and some restoration in me. That's a story for another time. But um, when I moved to Colorado Springs, I lived there for five years and then I moved back and I never realized when I moved back, I would find the husband of my dreams <laughs> and my aunt, sister Anna's best friend's brother. <laughs> um, and so Joseph Solis and I got married and we were married for about two years and Joe got very sick and almost died. And uh, when he almost died, in the hospital god was merciful and kept him alive they found out that he had lupus which he had never known he had lupus until that incident happened um, he left the hospital and after he left the hospital he lost his job that's another story for another time but god was merciful and anna was in the college working at that time thank god for anna i'm very thankful for you my sister and she talked to joe and he went to college and when he went to college they hired him as a student worker, not in Anna's office, but in an office right next to where Anna was working. And wasn't that in records? Was it uh, records he was or in, admissions? No, he was in um, students. Uh, I, no, it wasn't admissions. What was that office called? I was in I student support remember. services, and they were actually like the counseling office. Yeah, um, something like that. Student, I think it was just student services. I might be wrong, but I feel like it was student services. Right. 
So he went to college and began his college journey while we were married. Um, I had Antonia. Um, Antonia is our beautiful daughter that we love and she's a gift from God and we're very thankful for Antonia. And I went to college while Joe was still going to college. <laughs> and I started to pursue finishing my associate's degree. So I finished my associate in arts. Joe and I graduated the same night with, I had an associate in arts and he had an associate in applied science. And um, after that, I began my journey uh, to pursue my bachelor's in elementary education. Joe was pursuing his bachelor's in business administration, I believe. Then he changed over to the degree, what is the degree that you all offer at Wilson University? Is it the, did he do the Bachelor of Science in Christian Ministries? Yes, he did the Bachelor of Science in Christian and Ministries. He and then went on to, yes. He did that through actually Apostolic School of Theology before we had transitioned to Wilson University. Right. And he yeah. got his degree that. And at that point in time, Antonia was small. And so he and I had prayed and talked, and we decided that it would be best for me to step back and to hold off on finishing my degree in bachelor's so he could finish his in master's. And so I stepped back and let him finish and pursue his degree in master's. And he got his master's degree through um, Hope International. Hope International. Um, he had done some of it through Apostolic School of Theology and then finished it through Hope International. So he got his master's degree. Long story short, I'm still not got my bachelor's degree, but I'm very close to having my bachelor's degree in elementary education. However, I did get my certification to open a preschool um, and my licensure. I can open a preschool or daycare in the state of Kansas anytime I would like to. And if the Lord should lead me that way, that might be a possibility. My burden is small children. I love, 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 love the littles. They're my all-time faves. I love the teenagers too. My husband and I, before um, a year and a half ago, God called us here to Pratt, Kansas, to be home missions pastors. And um, he's doing a work. But before he did that, my father passed away in 2011. And Pastor Kirker, the young man that took the church after daddy passed away, asked my husband and I to take the youth department and become the youth leaders. And I fell in love with those young people. <laughs> I love them. I miss them, but I get to see them and I get to hug them and squeeze them. And now I get to love on some young people in Garden City. Um, I go to Garden City, Kansas, which is two hours west every two weeks. And I teach voice lessons and piano lessons. And I still get to go to Hutchinson. My daughter goes over there every other week and participates in the youth functions because we want to make sure we keep her involved in youth activities in the church. And I also teach piano lessons and voice lessons there in Hutchinson. And I teach piano lessons here in Pratt. So I'm a very busy mama, but that's okay. I'd rather wear out for Jesus than rust out for the devil. So that's some of my story. I could go in a lot more depth, but I need to give Anna some time. So I'll let her come and tell you some of her life now. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. And that is so good. And I think you covered like some things that are really important to our history, talking about being raised in a minister's home and being raised in a pastor's home and how our parents raised us, which we're so incredibly thankful for the background. There's so many stories that we could share and we'll have to end some of these sessions of 
one of the ones that I like to share that I remember was growing up when we went to conferences. One of my favorite things to go to was general conference. And every time we went to general conference, we never knew like there were factions of organizations and whatever. I, I think I was a teenager before I realized we were actually part of something called the UPCI at the point in time. I just thought everybody was in the church, you know, as a yes. kid, because even though my father was a presbyter in the district of Kansas, my entire life, he didn't, I mean, I knew he went to meetings and stuff, but he didn't talk about the politics at home right. of the district. When Sarah and I were growing up, we might overhear him now and then talking with another minister about things. So we knew, you know, there were things just in life. There's things that you have to talk about and deal with, but we didn't really know like, uh, the world at large that there were things such as liberals and conservatives and things like that as small children. Right. We just knew that everybody loved Jesus and that yes. everybody was serving Jesus and that Jesus was the best thing in the world and he was amazing and he was glorious. And so when we went to general conference, it was always super exciting because my yes. dad would always tell us when you go to this conference, you are going to see amazing things happen at this conference. Yes. Like, you're going to see a move of God. You're going to see thousands of people singing and worshiping and dancing. You're going to see missionaries from other countries and they're going yes. to do displays and with their flags and they're going to tell us about their people. And we're going to hear about people all around the world hearing about Jesus, you know? Yes. And so I am really thankful that we were raised with that mindset. Of course, we got our own, you know, worldviews as we were growing up and understood that there were different groups in life and choosing what group to be a part of and all that kind of stuff, which we're not going to deal with on this podcast. We're not going to get into a lot of pop, uh, into politics here. That's not something that we want this podcast to be centered around. We want it to be centered around family and God and life and joy and just real conversations about real life. Yeah. And, but, um, growing up, you know, then we did get exposed to that, but I just remember like, even as a young adult, I looked forward to going to PSR. I looked forward yes. to going to general conference. I looked forward to going to uh, camp. Oh man, camp was a highlight of our lives. And, yes. and we were there every year. We were there for youth camp. We were there for junior camp. We were there for family camp. We were there yes. for PK retreat. Uh, when we were super small, my parents were the music directors for the district of Kansas. My father was the youth um, the youth president for the district of Kansas when we were very small. And, um, so we were always involved, you know, in the music. And then when he wasn't a, when they weren't the music directors and they weren't the youth president, then we took over the tape ministry. And so we were (laughs) duplicating tapes at every camp meeting. And so we learned to work in the duplication booth at camp meeting and put labels. Oh my goodness. I got so sick of putting labels on tape sometimes, but (laughs) meeting all the people. And you know, when you look at that, you look at how every single one of those moments were stair step moments to where God was ordering our steps because in ministry, the foundation of leadership in ministry is people. And so if you don't know how to love people and you don't know how to interact with people and you don't know how to enjoy people, then that's something that God will teach you when you when you're involved in any ministry, okay? And as they yes. God, we're all called to be involved in a ministry at some level. We may not all be pastors behind pulpits, but if you're a Sunday school teacher, you're ministering to your Sunday school class and to the students that you're teaching. In that moment, if you're yes. cleaning the toilets at your church, you're ministering. You're yes. creating a clean environment for visitors to come into 
and first impressions are the most lasting impressions and who wants to go to churches with dirty toilets you know right. so we have to take these things right. into consideration when we're thinking about the kingdom of god and how he's preparing us for leadership and ministry and leading people and so in our growing up in ministry we were exposed to that and yeah. i just i i'm really thankful for the for the opportunities and that our parents gave us to serve. <laughs> I'm calling them opportunities. When we were kids, we didn't always feel like they were opportunities. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, if we're doing real talk here. <laughs> I, let me say something right there. I yeah. remember when we got older and dad would say, we have a fellowship meeting in liberal Kansas and it was four hours to drive yes. there for a three hour fellowship meeting. And then we drove four hours back and we'd be like, Oh, not again. And then there was outreach on Saturday morning. So yeah. it wasn't like you got to sleep in, you know, there was best ministry. And, and, yeah. you know, when you're in a church of 150 people, sometimes the pastor's family is involved in everything. Right. <laughs> and so, and a lot of people in the church are involved in everything. And that's awesome. That's the way it should be. And, you know, even though we find humor in that, I'm very thankful because our family is serving the Lord. And that might not be our story today. That might, that's not always everyone's story. And we're very grateful. And we pray because, you know, the hour, we're in the last hour. Jesus is coming and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We all have to keep our hearts pure before the Lord and be ready for his coming. Amen. But I think that the reason our family is so, is still serving the Lord is because there was such a love ingrained in us for the work of God and the things of God. And an understanding that the people were not there necessarily to serve us. We were there to serve together. We were there to serve them and teach them how to serve as well because being a part of your community and reaching your community is an act of service yes. and winning your, winning your community to God. Sometimes, you know, the apostle Paul said he was all things to all people so that he, so that some could be saved. And, and I remember my mom telling us they were winning a family from Costa Rica and my mom did not drink coffee at all. Okay. She was not a yeah. coffee drinker. And, um, they gave her Costa Rican coffee, which I've never drank it, but some say it is very, very strong. And my mom said she sat there and sipped that cup of coffee during that Bible study because they were going to win that family to God. And she was not about to offend them by not drinking a cup of coffee at that initial meeting with them, you know, because she didn't want to put a bad taste in their mouth for the gospel or make them feel like she was, you know, like she was at a higher level of life than them. She wanted to be, right. she wanted to be open to their traditions and their culture and let them know how much she loved them. And I remember we went to this farmhouse, so I don't even know if you remember this. But we went to this farmhouse and I was little, we were oh, teaching yes. about city and they had tapioca pudding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I'm not good with, I'm not good with textures. I don't like coconut because it feels like hair in my mouth. And my mom made us eat the tapioca pudding. And I'm telling you, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I, do remember that. I think I was like five or six years old and it was like bubbles in my mouth. And I thought I was going to die. And she was like, and don't you say a word. You will eat that pudding. We will not offend these people. <laughs> I don't think I ate tapioca pudding for 20 years after that. <laughs> but that is how our parents raised us. You know, to love God, love people, love family, love life. A lot of laughter in our home, if you can't tell. Oh, yes. We laugh about pretty much everything. 
and uh, just a lot of joy, a lot of music, a lot of singing. I remember my mom teaching us to har- me to harmonize when I was four years old. My siblings were a little bit older than me, of course. Sarah's two and a half years older. Paul's uh, 10 years older than me. Marsha's around 12 years older. And then I never knew Jeffrey. If he were alive, I think he'd be around 14 years older than me. And um, but my mom called us all around the piano when I was four and said, you're going to sing with your siblings today. And she started teaching us to harmonize. And yes. my mom is still an amazing piano and organ player. But if you'd have heard her in her youth, she was de- one of the better piano and organ players, in my opinion, my non-biased opinion. <laughs> in our movie, very anointed. Very anointed at that period of time. I still say she can call altar call songs better than anyone I've ever met in my entire Absolutely. life. Um, Absolutely. She has a gift for calling altar call songs. <laughs> and so anyways, that's what we grew up with. And then um, when I graduated from high school, I was interested in being a teacher. And then um, I started going to college. I started going to college as a um, step ahead program in my senior year. And I took two classes and I ended up dropping one of them because it was my senior year and I got very sick one year at at that year at general conference and I missed like three months of school and I was graduating by the hair on my chinny chin chin (laughs) and um, I just got a little overwhelmed going taking those college classes and then playing three months of catch up that's a story for another day God did heal me that year miraculously and I did graduate from high school I graduated uh, 10 days before I turned 17 years old and I left the night of my graduation and went to Colorado for the summer with my brother Paul (laughs) and Paul left us when he was 16 to evangelize or 17 And so, of course, I was only six or seven, so I had not gotten to know him that well. And he'd been gone a lot of years. Him and Lori had gotten married. They uh, helped pastor church and evangelized. And so to make a long story short, he said, why don't you come home so we can get to know you? And so I went to Colorado with them that summer, and I got my first official job um, that summer as a receptionist for the Department of Transportation, uh, Colorado Department of Transportation in Pueblo, Colorado. And I worked there and I did get to go to youth camp, but I missed family vacations because I grew up and became an adult that summer and learned you can't take off for every single thing that comes along. And so um, that's where my career journey began, I guess you could say. And I could have kept working there, but my dad felt like at the end of the summer, I needed to come home. And so I did, I went back to Kansas. I was only 17 years old. And then I went back to college and then I started working at Dylan's grocery store and that was just more training for people service. I was a cashier there. Yeah. First I was a carry out, then I was a cashier. And then I began to work in the cash cage. And then I was a supervisor in the cash cage. And just God began to build us into, build both of us into leadership in different ways. I worked at Dylan's for a few years. I did drop out of college at that time because I thought making money's great. This is better than going to school. <laughs> and I uh, left Dylan's and then I went into the medical field for Eight, around eight years, I started working as um, the, the, uh, a records clerk in pediatric, pediatric medical records at the medical center in Hutchinson when I was 18 years old. And I was there for almost three years. I became the uh, lead records clerk for pediatric medical records. And then I transferred to uh, records for the whole clinic and was offered the position to become the supervisor of the pediatric medical records unit. But I felt like it was, God was calling me to go to Colorado. Well, actually I thought God was calling me to go to California. And so I was going to go to California and help 
direct music at a church in California and my sister was going to Colorado. And so we both packed up our cars and we left and we went to Colorado and my car broke down in Colorado and I stayed in Colorado for six years. <laughs> it's funny how God works sometimes. And I often say that uh, I was a jack of all trades and a master of none because I've gone through so many jobs. I worked for Kelly Temporary Service and I was just trying to figure out as a young adult what I was called to be and who I was called to be. And much of those, many of those jobs were in the medical field. I worked in a variety of areas in the medical field for almost eight years. I worked as a, uh, I worked uh, as an insurance, um, an insurance, I wasn't a clerk. I worked for a company that processed insurance claims, medical insurance claims for almost three years while I was in Pueblo. I worked, I worked for surgical consultants in Pueblo for almost three years, uh, two years. And, um, and then I lived in Colorado Springs for one of the years that I was out there and I was the secretary for the church in Colorado Springs. But uh, close to five years of my time in Pueblo was in a medical background. So I kind of thought, you know, that's where I'm going to be. But I wasn't really happy in that background. I was um, the, the receptionist for surgical consultants of Pueblo. I worked with a great team there, an amazing, amazing team. That was a wonderful job. They were good people. And then I wanted to grow. And so I went to um, the company where I began to process medical insurance claims and I met the glass ceiling as a lady. And I'm sure some of you ladies that have climbed the corporate ladder know what the glass ceiling is. And so it's, if you don't have a degree and because you're a lady and there were all kinds, there were some things that were legitimately, you know, there that in that environment, which there, it was an ethnic environment that, that led there, um, that if you were not a part of that um, that group, or if you were a lady, or if you didn't have your degree, you were not going to go past that structural barrier to grow in the company. And I was a person who was always driven and wanted to grow. And I was like, done. I was frustrated with it because I was overseeing a team that was doing high dollar claims. And, but there was not the growth that went along with the job. And so um, I left and went to Colorado Springs for a year. Then I ended up back in Kansas. And when I went to Kansas, I just started praying about where I needed to go. And I decided to go back to school and get my degree. I was 27 at the time and I went back to school. And so um, I started going to college and I became a student worker at Hutchinson Community College while I was going to school there. And that it was like, God just opened up a whole new world. And I fell right into the perfect calling and career that God had called me to be in. And I spent um, eight beautiful years at Hutchinson Community College. I ended up becoming the assistant director, the assistant to the director of student support services there at Hutchinson Community College. I also became an adjunct professor there while I was there. I completed my associates in arts at Hutchinson Community College. I completed my bachelor of science and business management through Newman University. And then I completed my master's in business administration through Walden University while I was there. And so I loved working at Hutchinson Community College. I fell in love with the non-traditional students. And um, then our grant program got cut, and I ended up leaving the college and started substitute teaching, uh, taught for Community School of Hutchinson after my father passed away. And then our pastor came to me in 2011, 2012, actually, I think it was. And he said, Sister Ballinger, what do you, or Sister Anna, I wasn't married at the time, I was Sister Elder at that point in time what do you think about opening a school for the church? And I said, I'm game, let's do it. And so we did. 
he and I and Sarah basically founded Faith Community School of Hutchinson and we opened it and it was not your typical ACE Christian school. We did not want it to be that direction. Uh, we know we grew up in ACE, not that there's everything about ACE is bad, but I had worked in higher education and I knew the challenges that ACE students met in transitioning from an ACE environment to an actual college environment and wanted to make sure that our students were well prepared to integrate into jobs, into college, and into society. And so we created an, a hybrid culture of education where the students were on site three days a week, they homeschooled two days a week, and we had a mix of educational curriculum that they participated in. We discovered Ignitia during that period of time and did a lot of Alpha Abeka or Alpha Omega um, curriculum. We, we worked with Life Packs, we worked with Bob Johnson, we worked with Abeka, we worked with K-12, we worked with Odyssey Wear, we worked with Ignitia. A lot of integration, a lot of experiences learning how to facilitate and administrate that school and being the principal of that. And I also taught grades four through uh, nine there. And so that was an experience that, you know, every step was God preparing us. And then in 2014, we got the call about California. And began to pray about that. Met with our pastor. God opened the door. That's a story for another day. We ended up in California in 2016 working for Wilson University and the Rock Church. Daniel actually worked for Siemens when we came here. That door um, closed at a certain point in time. Life transitioned. And he now works at the Rock Church as well. We both work at the Rock Church. We love it. Um, he works in multiple areas at the Rock Church. I work there as well as a part of the administrative staff there. And then I also work at Wilson University um, in academic affairs. And so God just, you know, he orders our steps and he puts us where we're supposed to be for whatever season. And so this is a season where God called us here. And part of that is reaching the world and writing curriculum to reach the world and preparing us for whatever the next step of the journey is. And so uh, I'm married to Daniel. We have no children. We have a baby that's with the Lord that we lost in 2019. And, um, but we are very happy to be in the work of God and very thankful that he is allowing us to be used by him and yeah. thankful for the heritage that we have and, and just looking forward to sharing this journey with you all. Sarah, anything else you want to say? Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful evening. We're so glad y'all are here. God bless you. And we look forward to having some great Real conversations for real life moving forward in the next few months. Take yes. care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.